Hello, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of Get Pucked. So I'm Matt. Nice to meet you. Along today with me, my fellow co-hosts, we have Vito and we have Dave Trenadui of TSN 690 fame. Hopefully not for much longer. It'll be of Get Pucked fame, but who knows, right? There you go. So, gentlemen, how are we feeling? We got that big W yesterday. Habs 1-5, but was a massive statement against Detroit. However, leading up to that game, entire doom and gloom. It was disaster zone. It was worst start in X amount of years. It was horrendous. But we did get that W. So how are we feeling? For myself, I, I'm, I mean, could I cautiously optimistic is what I'm going to say. Right? It's one game they won. It's against a team that they've rarely won against in the last few years. But they still got a win and it was a very convincing win. Um, they scored. It was a lot of new timers and newcomers that scored all those goals. Um, and I mean, half the goals were Perot, <laughs> just to say, I think Alan did his job. Everybody did well. And it's, it just feels a little, a little easier now to say we can move forward. Hopefully they feed off this and they could continue. I'm optimistic, man. I mean, uh, if you look back at the game against Carolina, uh, everything went wrong in that game, right? I mean, there was Christian Dvorak <laughs> hit the post. Uh, Freddie Anderson made some ridiculous saves here or there. I mean, I, I don't think it's as doom and gloom as – I mean, obviously the start and the record is terrible, but I don't think it's as bad as, as you know, a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of Habs fans uh, made it out to be. Um, I think it's a great performance, obviously. you got to see the new guy, newcomers, Mike Hoffman, first goal, Christian Dvorak, first goal, uh, Perot gets a hat-trick, Sammy Niku looked uh, – Look decent. Yeah, first uh, points, decent. first points. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And and just having him move the puck and being able to, you know, transition. I mean, it, it's just all of that. I think it, it, it's looking upwards. You have a West Coast uh, trip coming up that historically not a good thing. Yeah, games. Well, um, but don't get me wrong. I still think this team has a bunch of flaws in it and a bunch of holes. But they're just not an own five team. They're not as bad as everyone. Uh, things they do. So I, I think that in uh, in the coming week here, the narrative can change and swing a little bit. Well, how much better do you think they're going to be with certain people eventually returning like Edmondson, especially in the back end? Edmondson, I got to think he's going to stabilize things. I mean, you got to think he's Who also... Who comes out? Who comes out for Edmondson? That's the bigger question. Would probably be Kulak. I would, I would. Yeah, but does he deserve it? Yeah. You whether know? he, de- whether he deserves it or not, I think it's going to be him because, look, look, Niku came, he joined the lineup, and it just went to show what any puck-moving defenseman can do to the back end. Anyone. It doesn't it doesn't have to be, a, like, obviously a quality one would make a world of a difference, but just Niku made a difference. Yeah. Like, Dushan yeah. dropped, actually, a pretty big, in the, in the, in the postgame, he, he said, you know, we're, he's not joining us. Edmondson's not going to join the team on the West Coast trip, right? He's going to be back True. when they come back True. to Bell Center. So that gives him four games to try out Sammy Niku to see what is right and wrong with his defense. And I think uh, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see either Brett Kulak or maybe even David Savard take a, take a seat uh, for, for a few games. Uh, I can't I, I'm, see I'm that. I can't see it. I can't I, see I, Savard. I don't see it either, but I, I, that's what I would do. I haven't been impressed. Come on, I mean, Dave. We, we've always seen Kulak's the whipping boy when it comes to the back end. Of course, and you I'm know what? Surprised. It would not surprise me if yeah. Ducharme actually – this would be a terrible move and my God would t- Twitter explode. Uh, Romanov. You know, I've been reading a lot that m- a lot of people, a lot of the pundits out there are saying that he he should take a stint in the AHL, Romanov. 
I don't personally believe I, it, but a lot of people are suggesting it. So it's funny that you should mention it. But but to come back, I mean, without getting into the West Coast yet, I want to talk about that in a second. But just talking about how the Habs stand today. So prior to yesterday's win, right, they were the last place team in the league. Number 32, right? This is the first year there's ever been 32 teams in the league. They were sitting the 32 spot. It broke my heart. That being said, that win, which was monumental, which was perhaps maybe even uh, completely altering their course of the season. Who knows, right? Who knows? They are currently sitting at 30th as of right this second with only uh, Arizona and Chicago underneath them. Now, they're tied, right? Nashville and Vegas of all teams. But my point is, it they dug themselves as deep hole. Historically, the last two times, I think, that they started 0-5, they actually made the playoffs. Right? Some way, somehow, it worked itself out. Do we think that this is a team that has what it takes to, to, to fight through these type of slumps that might happen over the course of the season and make the playoffs? Or is this a team looking at it, looking at the small sample size of six games that we had so far, have too many holes now with undetermined uh, Carey Price returning, with Shea Weber very much not likely coming back, Paul Byron into the next year, um, you know, like... Uh, Perry gone, you know, all the leadership that people were talking about that was there last year that helped them through the playoffs, not being there this year. Can this team make it? I think so. Um, I mean, I, I, if you're talking just character wise, if they could turn it around, I think they have enough uh, veteran leadership on the team. I mean, yeah, they're not leaders per se. They're no Corey Perry. They're no Carey Price, but Carey Price will come back eventually. Um, you know, so I think this team mm. does have what it takes. I mean, they're too good. A lot of people were talking about tanking and stuff like that. They're way too good. The they have too much talent to tank. Like, yeah, forget, yeah, get I that agree. out of your, your head. That's never going to happen. They're too good. They have too many quality players. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they could come back. Is it likely? I'm not sure. I mean, they need to address a lot of issues. I mean, there's still plenty of holes, as I said before. So, um, do I think they can? Yes. I don't think it's a it's a wash away right off or off the bat. Five games in, six games in, but um, this team. I mean, it, it's been. They pretty much went as poor a start as they probably could have had, and it's not going to help them because they probably no, needed all the, the help. The worst, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hopeful in a sense that every team kind of goes on a losing stretch during the season. The I'm first hoping, five. Games. I, I'm hoping that it's the first five. This is their their losing streak that they got. It's out of the way, and they could uh, rack up a few wins and a few points here. We got it. There's something we all got to consider as fans. I know we're coming from the Stanley Cup final run. It's a different team. It's not there's the same. A, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of new players that joined this team that are joining a new system that are trying to build chemistry. Yeah, typically, you know, you would have used preseason to build some of that, and but they didn't. I think my biggest question mark is not so much the players themselves. I have to start questioning, and I, I've been and I haven't up till now, is the charm system. Is it working for this team? Well, you bring up an interesting point, right, about chemistry. And I 100% agree with you. It, it takes time and the turnover, you're right. It's completely a different team. It, it really is. But now let's take a let's take a look at, and you, bring up, you brought up Ducharme, and I think that's important to bring up. Not to pin everything on him and his system, but just things in general. For example, one of the biggest things that I feel most people brought up after seeing it through preseason and seeing it through the first couple of games and just completely going mad with seeing the lineup as it happens before a game and then seeing that it hasn't changed was that pairing of Sharat and Savard, 
right? We saw it. Everybody saw it. Everybody with a hockey brain said, what the hell is this? Why is this still happening? It is awful. And then look what happened. It changed and completely, you know, changed the way the backhand looked. It was fantastic. Now, Sharat in his own right, right, has been has been a penalty machine. He's been putting the team in trouble. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know why he's doing what he's doing. I know he takes a lot of penalties, but this is outrageous. And this is a team with a with a penalty kill. Normally the power play for the Habs has always been for the past couple of years something where you like you just want to look away. But the penalty kill has always been relatively strong. Right, but what they're miss, they're, they're missing certain key players on their penalty kill that helped them throughout the years. They're missing Deno, they're missing Byron. Those were guys who helped on the penalty kill and Weber. Now the thing is is that Ducharme pairing Sherratt with Savard, it's almost as though he thought, "Hey, it worked with Weber, maybe we could do the same thing." You can't do that. Savard is but not how Weber. How long do you let it go? How many times do you watch it and you're you're watching like paint dry out there with these two guys? Like it's, <laughs> it's brutal. I mean, I, we're not we're not coaches. We're not NHL coaches, not by a long stretch. But I mean, everybody was clamoring to change that up. And so that's my fear, right? We looked at the top lines too. We looked at the the forward lines, and you're like, the chemistry is just not there. That that first line there, that Suzuki to Foley Caulfield line, that everybody thought on paper this thing looks hot. This is this is going to be an elite line. They just don't mesh, and he just kept rolling it out, rolling but it out. Again, that comes down to the system, right? When you're looking at the way they're playing, and there's a lot of dump and chase. And when you look at that line that you just mentioned, who's going to get the puck? Who's going to get the puck? That's why at a point you saw Armia on that line. Hoping they're hoping because that's one of Armia's strengths is to he's I, one of those guys that gets the puck out of the corners and he's one of the better guys in the league to do that. But like, who's going to get the puck? You can't do that. You're going to have to balance that out. I mean, on paper, you look at it and say, "Wow, yeah, there's a potential there of a 25, 30 goals from both wingers." And if Suzuki, you know, continues to progress as we've seen, then this is a, this is a hot line, but not with a system when you're dumping and chasing. Yeah, look, I mean, Deshaun's system. Um, from all accounts, he's when he got that extension, I wasn't really pleased with it. I think that you know he wrote a Carey Price hot streak to the Stanley Cup final and cashed in. I'm not convinced that he's the coach um, for the for the Canadians. And you guys spoke to exactly the reasons: the the fact that he can't see necessarily. He he's so stubborn with some some certain things. You kind of, it kind of makes you question um, his decision making, and it, it's just you know. Um, you know, you, you saw a couple of things, but you need to shake things up, definitely up front. I think that you have to play around a little bit. And I know that the chemistry was a big issue in the first few games, but you got to figure it out. And you it, not necessarily putting lines in the blender and, and, and blowing it up, but you got to figure something out that works. And, and you got to do it quickly because, you know, the season has a chance of getting away from you. Yeah, it was kind of like when everybody was looking, uh, which I know, you know, looking back now, it's it's obviously a stroke of genius, but having Perot center that line with uh, Caulfield and uh, uh, who was it uh, played on the left? Toffoli. Toffoli. No. It was Toffoli. Was it Toffoli? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, you know, you're thinking, wow, what? And then all of a sudden, you know, Perot has this unbelievable game which okay he's not gonna have every game obviously you know it was a beautiful thing to see and i love that it happened to the guy you know you can see it like like it's just he wore he wore his expression on it his was a feel good moment there. for him it was it beautiful. was, it was it a feel was. good feel good moment and it was important to the team right but now bear in mind 
Okay, we know that they exploded for six goals. We know it. We saw it. It was wonderful. But prior to that game, they had four goals for the entire season for, for across everybody, right? So, so we're looking at the the point leaders right now. Which I want before I even get into that, it's it's Drouin who's got most points on the team, and so I wanted to lead that in. Yeah, which is phenomenal. So my question now was, leading through the first six games, who is or who has been Montreal's best player? For me, hands down, can't even be debated, is Drouet. What well, a comeback not- story for him. And I think it's been amazing what he's been doing so far. There, there's no debating that. He's been absolutely solid. Just that pass to Sherratt for that goal. Oh. Uh, it just it shows you what Beautiful. he can do, right? And, uh, you know, it just seems he's always buzzing around. He's always, uh, he's always on the move. And that line, they've, they've really gelled well together for sure. Uh, I like what I see from Josh Anderson also so far this season. I wouldn't say he's the best player for sure. Uh, he had a tough game, yep. I think, yesterday, uh, yep. last night. Yep. Not his greatest game. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's, you know, on the nights where they, they lost, he was one of those guys that just stood out uh, for me. So if you're, if you're looking for someone other than Jonathan Dewey, I would say, you know, Josh Anderson is a guy. He just needs a little bit more consistency in his game because there's some nights where he could just disappear and make poor decisions. If, if there's a guy that I'm going to say, and it's pretty much he's coming in as advertised, and I think he's going to get even better, is Dvorak. It's just quiet. Like, he's doing the right things. Little small things that coaches love and that people, the average person doesn't notice. Like he's he's doing well in the faceoff circle. I mean, even his goal, the goal he scored was a bit of a you know, it's a lucky bounce. Mm-hmm. All all that being said, he's doing it's 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 like quiet. It's and it's the way people said it. He's gonna you're just he's gonna come in and he's gonna just be a quiet success. And that's what's happening to him. And I like it. And, and I think it's even gonna be better, like with him. That's that's the player other than Drouin. Yes, Drouin. The reason why I'm cautiously optimistic, and that's this, I'm using it again that 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 term with Drouin is because he usually has strong starts of the season. It's as he gets to game 15, game 20, you start seeing the Drouin that people tend to complain about. Now that's not to say well, that's going to happen this year, but I and I hope not uh, because he's definitely an asset to this team and, and he's hitting he's in his prime. And I'd love to see the Drouin that we all hoped. Yeah. hope to have when we acquired him well that, that's what you know you hope that his you know mental reset kind of takes care of that right we, maybe we haven't seen the jonathan de Hoyne that we've been expecting because he's been you know having these struggles his entire yeah. career maybe who knows maybe and maybe yeah. uh we're seeing the real jonathan de Hoyne now and you know that he'll become a model of consistency we just don't know it's an uncertain right you, you never know what goes on in someone's head and you never know you can't really count on it, but you're just hoping. And so far, he's had as good a start as you can possibly imagine. And, um, you know, I'd like to see that power play. We speak of the power play. I mean, Jonathan Dwayne could come back in and power quarterback that power play. That was the hopes at the beginning. And obviously, it yep. didn't work out. But maybe yep. now, you know, now he has – he's never played with a guy like Mike Hoffman all the time. And, and you know, maybe he can, he can uh, develop something on the power play and be the guy that everyone expected on the way in. The power it, play. It, the power yeah. play. Yeah. Now, I, I got to bring up the power play. Is it just me or they got to stop looking for Shea Weber back there because he's not there? They need to find a new way. Uh, they, they need to find a, a new way to maximize their players' talent and what they're capable of doing. Well, the most maddening thing. Okay, and I mean this is this is across any kind of level of hockey. I don't know what it is, but like the when you have such a obvious 
play set up on the power play. What, what it, no matter what it is, when it is clearly, obviously defined, you got to change it up. Okay, going back to the, the the point and taking that 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 slap that ridiculous slap shot from twenty plus feet away. Yes, when you got a Shea Weber boomer back there and it goes at the speed of light, sure you can get away with it. It's beautiful, right? The past little while with with Shea doing it, even it wasn't all that great. Lots of missing and and, and everything, and, and that's why the power play looked terrible. But you got these guys on the sides, you know, in those slot positions. You got Mike Hoffman now, where this is this is this is how he makes his money. Right, this is bread and butter. You got Caulfield who should be on the other side. You got Jouet out there who's setting up these passes. Like you got guys that can rifle. Even Suzuki has an amazing shot from that corner. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to make the movement with the puck. You gotta feed one of these guys, and they gotta one time that. Like it's just it, 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 it's insane. Every time they go back to a Jeff Petrie or a Ben Sherratt on the on the line, and they rifle one, and it like just hits a player cleared or or you know they miss by 14 feet and it's around the net and then they go and they send it out it's just so crazy like that to me the power play man they got pieces it's just they gotta work on it they gotta make it like like more dynamic it's so static the way it is it's unbelievable and you can look at a you can look not to say that we have an alexander ovechkin on the team but you can look at that type of guy where he literally locks himself in place the rest of the team are buzzing and moving and eventually they feed him and he just rifles the one-timer and it's in like right. you want to emulate that to some capacity they like, they've got that, three players that can rip well, a shot easily, well enough to easily. do that yeah, at least man. three players i i thought when shea weber uh was helped i thought it would help the power play to be honest because i thought that they would just abandon right? that philosophy and move yeah. on you know move on to something new no but, enter mean, ben Sherratt. Yeah, well, that's Petrie. it, and and they, I feel like it's their crutch, you know. It's like, oh, this is what, what's happening, and and you bring in this guy like Alex Burrows, and I like Alex Burrows. I like him as a person. I've I've met him a bunch of times. I've you know, I, I've spoken to him, but what really are his credentials that he could run a, a, a you know a Montreal power play? We haven't seen it yet, and I mean an NHL power play. Like we haven't seen it yet, and it just goes to show. Like Sammy Niku came in and he, he didn't play in the first few minutes of that power play the first one uh yesterday yep. in detroit i don't know if you remember the puck went down the edge finally got on and you just saw a bit of movement and you just saw right off the bat the difference it made it's and like if the smallest can... amount man exactly just move oh and if you could put hoffman and coffee like almost everybody knows you, you have hoffman and coffee on either side that's how it should be and i don't know why it's taking so long to get to that point uh, and it's something that and, and it's okay to have a predictable power play because Alex Ovechkin is predictable. Steven Stamkos is predictable, but it just works. That's what it is. It well, works. Yeah, um, but we're, we're also talking about two guys that I are... It. I get it, but you could get to that point. Mike Hoffman has a hell of a shot, man. I don't know if you saw... You saw uh, it had eyes. That shot had eyes. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Even the game, I, I believe it was against Carolina. He had a good shot, too. Almost went in. And I, it's just... I, I I struggle so much with this power play. I look at it on paper. I'm like, oh man, they should be great. You have so many pieces. There's so many pieces out there. You have guys that are elite passers. You have guys that are elite snipers. And you have a man advantage. It boggles the mind how they can't put this together, find five guys on one, five guys on another that can produce more often than they don't. I just can't understand it. This year more than any other year. And I find that this year it's more predictable and more struggling than all the other times. 
and it just makes no sense. Can we say I just or can't can, understand can we, it? Can we say or do we think it's because there's still lack of a quarterback in the back end? Wow, no kidding. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> no kidding. They they haven't had a quarterback to the power play since Andre since Markov. Markov. Yeah, that yeah, was that was yeah. the, the, since the general. He was the last guy that that did what he could on the on the power play and made the power play look good. But we've always had that type of power play where we pass it to a guy who can rip a shot. From Sheldon Surrey Sheldon to Marc Andre Bergeron to eventually Subban to Weber. There's always somebody who winded up. Mark Stride. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've always had it's, somebody. It's, it's, it's been, not it's been one of our no. It's not bad. It's a scoring threat, but it shouldn't be. Mix the power it play. up. You gotta be dynamic in this league of any league. You have to be dynamic. The moment you do the same thing over and over again, the other teams get wise to your act and they know what to do. They know which passing lanes to block. And they know where to stand. They cheat more. And it just makes you look like amateurs. I just, it like you said, I mean, maybe it's Burroughs. Maybe it's what he's putting out there or attempting to put out there. And the players aren't responding well enough. I don't know what it is. But when you got pieces like we got, there's no reason at all that we only have, what is it? I think two power play. Ooh, yeah, uh, they, were one in, they were one in 19 going into. One uh, in 19. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. There's no excuse. But I digress. Speaking of struggling. Struggling power play. I want to talk about. We talked about who we thought were the standouts so far. Who are the players, in your opinions, that are struggling the most? And tell me how you think it's not Suzuki. <laughs> well, well, I was going to ask the question. I was going to ask it at some point. Are we worried? No, I'm not worried. But clearly, I feel like this happens a lot of times to especially young players that manage to make the big contract, the big sign, the long term. It's like immediately once that's off. Not to say that this is what's happening with Suzuki, but like there's just something that clicks in your brain that perhaps you just don't have that one-tenth of additional effort that you would have normally put in because you're trying to strive to earn your contract, maybe. But there is obviously something because this kid has all the tools. He, he, in my opinion, deserves that contract. I think he's going to be the number one center for the Canadians for a very long time. And I'm very happy with it. But... There's something there. There's a pop that's not there. It's the same thing you can say with Caulfield to an extent. There's There was something there. Now, going through a losing skid like that first time in his career, he's first season technically, right, in the NHL, you don't know how to respond, perhaps. Um, and I wasn't very happy with Ducharme's deployment of him, for that matter, too, Caulfield. Uh, so I'm giving him a little bit of slack. But Suzuki, man, or Susie as the boys call him, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> to me, that, well, you that, know what? he's the one struggling the most. Last game was the first time this season that I saw those flashes of him, you know, having some poise with the puck, uh, deking some players, going around them a little bit and trying some things and being a bit dynamic. It's the first time. You saw it a couple of times while he was in the offensive zone. Uh, so maybe he's coming around. I don't know. Maybe he's just it's, having a bit of a slow funny. start. It's funny what having a lead does to players, isn't it? <laughs> It's funny how all of a sudden when you're up two, three goals, your stick is a little looser in your hands. You're having a little bit more fun. And all of a sudden, it's Hold on. Again. Hold on. When when they scored the first goal, when Detroit scored, scored the first goal, I'm sure everybody at that point probably thought, oh, here we go again. And I'm sure the players thought about it also. Here we go again. And then you finished off the first period and yeah. we had five shots on goal. And you're like, here right. we go again. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, in the well, second period, everything exploded. Yeah, for sure. But you know, in, in terms of who's struggling more, I actually think Caulfield is struggling more. 
what's more worrisome is Suzuki because the Habs need to rely on Suzuki way more than they need on Caulfield. But Caulfield is whiffing left and right. The pucks are rolling off his stick. He doesn't have the confidence uh, that, that he had last year or the swagger. So I think Caulfield is actually struggling um, more than more than Suzuki. Suzuki is struggling, but it's very worrisome, to be honest. And I don't think it's going to get much better. I, I, I said it from the beginning of the year. Ooh, if you don't take. have a second and third line center that's up to par – Suzuki's going up against the top line of every single team every night. And in that, uh, in the Atlantic division, that means Valid Toronto, point. that means Boston, that means Barkov. Well, bear, bear in mind, bear in mind, they sent him down, right? His line got jar- jargled up a little right. bit. He's, he's, he's still with the Foley on the other side, but now they've got him theoretically on the third line with Matthew Perot. I, and they played great last game. That line was everywhere. They were buzzing. I thought every one of them looked fantastic, right? Obviously, Perot was the one was the one bearing it, but mm-hmm. it could have been any of them. They were all playing really good. Will that continue? Will having Matthew Perot and being against deployed against the the third line, if you will, will that help? I don't know. Was that lightning in a bottle? Because I didn't see Matthew Perot as the third line center of this team. Oh, and he shouldn't be. Forward. No, in my yeah. opinion, in my opinion yeah. he shouldn't be. And he's been traditionally. Yeah streaky in his career first off he has three hat tricks right who who do you know that has scored so little that has three hat tricks in his career it's because when he's good he's good but he takes a lot of games off he also doesn't have the speed anymore or anything that he had at the beginning of his career you know and and his time with winnipeg so matthew perot should not be your third line center if if that's your plan going forward because he scored a hat trick at home one of them in an empty net when it was in a 5-1 game you're in trouble i mean that that's terrible And that, this that's is the thing, right? And terrible strategic planning. But I mean, it worked out. It's good. He could fill in in a pinch. He's proven that, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of times he gets the call here or there and he could fill in. Kind of like Yoel Armia. Yoel Armia is a guy who can take a lot of dames off, but randomly he'll be great on a couple of occasions. And when he's great, when he's on, he's on. When he's, when he's on, he's on. Yoel Armia never I, scores a goal. It's always <laughs> a minimum of two. Well, it's exactly, a minimum. Exactly. Guaranteed. But, yeah, but that's it. And then, but that's the thing. The whole, invisible. the whole Montreal Canadiens team has a bunch of streaky players in it. For and sure. Josh Anderson's it, in there. You have Josh yeah. Anderson. Even Toffoli technically is a streaky yeah. player. I mean, last year it was it was different. It was totally I, different. I feel you you bad. have a, yeah. now Caulfield back to Caulfield. The one thing I have noticed, and on the few feeds that I've watched the, the game on, they pretty much said the same thing. Yes, is he struggling a little bit? Fine, he's a rookie. It's normal and whatnot. But teams are actually paying attention to him. Well, that's they, they they are, which is a good thing to have a kid that young on the team and teams are already paying attention to him. So he's going to figure it out. I, I really hope that they're not doing what they normally do with young kids and take away their talent and their skill and what they can do to, you know, to ensure that they play a, a certain de- defensive minded game because you don't want to do that with somebody like Caulfield. I'm not saying Caulfield shouldn't play defense. I'm saying the kid's got a certain flair. He's got no. a certain talent. You let him do it. Let him use it. You got to let. It does look him. like, like it's it, a Deshaun's, uh, Deshaun's defense. It does look like he is, he's not being saddled with that or he just yet. Uh, it does look like he does have creative freedom in, in, in on the ice, and he's kind of let to his vices, right? But he needs yeah. to start producing, or else that's what's going to happen. I him. mean, it it is Montreal, right? It's the Montreal market. It's the Montreal pressure. He had a long time. He went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Before he had his first season. I don't know how many times that's ever happened, but that's obviously got to lead a lot of additional pressure, right? To, to repeat, to, to get back up to that level of success again. And he's not a fool. He knows what he is. He knows what the expectations are. 
and you go one game, two games, three games, four games, and it starts to pile up like everybody. You're going to hold your stick tighter. You're going to think too much. And, and he's a kid. At the end of the day, this is still a kid, man. This is a very young player. And we have all the expectations in the world for him. And he's got all the talent to do it. So, so hopefully and ideally he should achieve these expectations. But I feel like yesterday's game would have been more than ideal. Like perfect scenario with everybody getting theirs. Their firsts were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Caulfield getting his first of a season, I thought would have been like paramount. Now it didn't happen and he still had a good game. So hopefully he can build on that and that would be great. But speaking of good games... And thankfully, he had one. And I think he's been pretty solid so far. How do we feel about Jake Allen? I'll jump in on this one. So, because I was actually going to ask that. So, you're like reading my mind. Jake Allen, if you, historically speaking, especially when he was with St. Louis, um, when he starts playing too many games, he's got the halak factor where it just it doesn't, it's not really working out for him. And he lets in some, as Tony Marinaro calls it, bananas in. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, so that's my concern. Now, I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised that they didn't go with Montabo yesterday. I know they really want to win, so they would have gone with they should, like to, if you want you want to put the better goalie for the win. First Saturday night at the Bell Center with a packed crowd in like forever, and yeah. you wanted them to put. I didn't Montabon? say I wanted them. I I'm just surprised. I with the way that game went, the last game went. With two days rest from the game on Thursday, I'm just surprised. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's my that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. I hate to say I, it, guys, but Montembeau is not an NHL goalie. No, he's not. And he should not be starting any of these games on the West Coast, even if there's a back to back. I would rather I'd rather they have McNiven as the backup. I mean, who's I'd rather they have McNiven as the backup. Montembeau is not the answer, and I get why that he's on. You know, he's filling a yeah. spot. King Primo could yeah. go down and play. Michael McNiven could go down. And, you know, people could play instead of just sitting in back and 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 waiting for their chance. But Montembeau is not the answer, and especially on a Saturday night. I mean, like it, on a losing streak, was, he would have been was, eaten yeah. alive. There is never. And how many big saves did Allen have last game? There oh, was a no Allen. Allen had Allen played very well last game. Great. Yeah, I, he had a great yeah. game again. I'm concerned if they just keep riding Allen all the time because you're going to get some games that it's going to be, even if Montreal scores four goals, they're going to score five because that's what's going to happen with Allen. Honestly, honestly. And I like Allen. I, I think I think him and Carey Price is one of, if not Perfect. the best yeah, tandem in the NHL. Question. But you got to ride this guy. You got to ride him to the to the ground, like, like no doubt, because eventually I believe Price will come back. Right, it's it's. We, I don't want to say inevitable because you never know with these things, but I really have a strong feeling that Price will come back, and when he comes back, he's taking games, and Allen can recover from all of the work that he's going to be putting in now. But you cannot go one on one, like one one back and forth. I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect Carey Price to come back till at least after the holidays, in my opinion. Even because if though. because if you think of it, the player assistance is a minimum of thirty days, right? Yeah. So even and if he gets thirty days, he hasn't really been training. You're gonna have to give him time to. Getting game shape, well, train, all that. We don't right? I, listen. I, I I can't speak from from That's knowledge. That's if he comes at thirty days. I don't know what he's allowed to do and not allowed to do while he's in the player assistance program. If he's not even allowed on ice, like I don't know if he's working out. I don't know, but maybe he is. Maybe he's keeping himself in shape. Maybe he's keeping himself ready, and and he's dealing with what is it, whatever he's dealing with on the side. I, I I don't know, but he will come back. 
I feel like he will come back. And with that being said, and if the organization believes that as well, then you take Jake Allen and you ride that ass as long <laughs> as you can. You go as long and as far as he can take you because I got to agree with Dave, with all due respect to Samuel Montebo, I, I cannot see this kid taking many games and, and feeling confident about it. I really don't. Yeah, very good. I, I got a question for you guys. Um, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, Shit. I, you know, I, I didn't want to bring this. He's the heart and soul, but I know where you're going with this. I mean, I watched him yesterday, okay? And I, I was at the game, uh, full disclosure, and he looked like he was struggling. He looked fatigued. He looked tired after every shift. He looked frightened. But more importantly, I don't care about the fatigue because he gives it his all every shift. Like, I, I, I'm okay with it. No doubt. But yep. he looked so frustrated with everything. He looked down on himself. He did not look like Brendan well, Gallagher. He, 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 missed, missed, he, he missed, missed an empty netter. He, he missed a couple of chances. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. just that's gonna, that's just getting into his head. You you know he's that guy that he's gonna pick up those garbage goals. His body's gonna be decimated at the end of the year, and it's just that's Brendan Gallagher. He's a 40, 50 point guy who gets between twenty five and thirty three goals. He's somewhere in that I, ballpark, and it's gonna come down with time because. I think, think we're there. I think we're there. I don't think it's time. I think we're there. And I even had this conversation with you, Vito, like a little while ago where I, and I love Brendan Gallagher. This guy is the heart and soul of the team. This guy with Shea Weber not being around, in my opinion, if they were going to give captain away, he's the next captain of Montreal Canadiens. 100%. It, it, he has to be. He's the heart and soul. I wouldn't want him anywhere else. But let's be real. The contract that he's earning now was for services rendered, not what he's going to do. He's getting 100%. his because he had an amazing contract for many years, and this guy was an absolute warrior. But his hand is basically more machine than than flesh <laughs> at this point, you know, and he can't shoot. And so he's going to get goals. Like you say, he's going to scoop them up. He's going to whack them in in front of the goalie. He's going to be a pest. He's going to be there. But the days of Brendan Gallagher ever hitting 30 goals again – and even putting up 50-plus points, I think they're done. I think Brendan Gallagher is going to be one of the highest-paid third-line wingers. But at this point, on this team, I'm okay with that. I think for another two more seasons, and it's, 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 this is, it's recorded, he's going he's gonna to come close, he's going to flirt with 30 goals, or at least hit it. Wow. For two more seasons. That is a, that's a strong I statement, mean, you know, man. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're going to be wish. nice goals. I'm not <laughs> saying that. Are you, are you wishing that? Or are you, is it based based on what you're seeing right now? That's what you're thinking? Or is you just, mm. that's a hope of yours? Because I don't believe that you're looking at him play right now and say, yeah, that's a 30-goal score. He, was, did he ever look like he was an actual 30-goal score? Okay. Honestly. Fair, fair enough. But he doesn't uh, even look like he's. Honestly, like he, he's never been the greatest skater. He's never, like, he's just been that guy who shot pucks and went in front of the net was a pest got under people's skin and he and he would just pick up the garbage goals and that's the type of guy that you know we have and i love him like for that but (laughs) i think i'm gonna go with that for two more years after that it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be so you're you're penciling brendan gallery in for 60 ish goals and uh, 60 ish goals over two years yeah I'll, i'll say Flirting with the 30 per year or at least hitting it. I will bet you a future sponsor meal here that that will not happen. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be closer to 40. Yeah. Wait. Okay. You're calling 20 goals. I like your conservative amount. No, no. I'm being optimistic when I say 20. Yeah. I would take the under 40 also. Honestly. Again, I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope I'm wrong. I hope he has an amazing season. But basically, exactly what Dave said. I saw it too. I saw it in the playoffs last year. I mean, he got a lot of miles now the past couple of years on him. I saw it when Shea Weber exploded his hand the second time. He's just not the same but, guy. But think of it. He's also not playing against the other team's best players anymore if he's on the third line. Okay, but I mean, has he produced yet? I mean, no, but has Nick Suzuki produced? He just, we're going to throw okay, him in the garbage? Okay. But I'm just telling you. Look, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm a big Brendan Gallagher fan because I covered – you know, I, I went into the room. I interviewed these guys for a long, for hundreds of games, right? And he's always the first guy. His carpet, uh, you know, underneath where he gets dressed, it should be used because he's the only guy, first guy there you go to interview after every game is Brendan Gallagher. He's right there. He's there to speak to you. He's there to talk to you. He could, he'll talk to you after the scrum leaves to, to go see Shea Weber. He'll be there answering questions, and, and you can have a conversation with him if you want. He is a great person, and, and as Matt said, he's the leader of this team, uh, bar no none, I think, without no question, doubt. with no Carey Price, with no Shea Weber. He's the leader of this team. But I saw something in him yesterday that I'd never want to see from Brendan Gallagher. He just looked defeated, and he looked defeated. Like, I, I can't even explain it it, it, he just he looked frustrated beyond frustrated and he looked mentally okay exhausted. okay i'm not changing my tune i forgot to add to all this barring serious injury okay that's, I okay, no, that's, 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 that's fair that's saying. fair okay but yeah. but the only person who thinks that brendan gallagher is still a 30 goal scorer and a 60 to 70 point player more than i never Nino said i never is, said 67 is, points is brendan gallagher i never said 67 sure, points. okay fine you can fine, listen fine. you can rewatch this fine, after fine. we'll go to the tape, said, we'll go to the tape said, after 40 50 points okay. and he's gonna flirt with okay. 30 goals fine, or get 30 fine. goals fine but i bet you brendan gallagher thinks in his head he's even better than that and that's probably the problem. That's probably what you're seeing on the ice. This is a guy who is unbelievably snake bitten. He is unbelievably frust frustrated. He gets a goal put in, which you can ask a hundred people. There was no goaltender interference on that play. That should have been a Brendan Gallagher goal. And somehow right. they took it away. Or, or rather, did he tip it? Or was he just involved in the in he was just interference? Involved. He was just involved. Okay. Uh, well, he didn't touch I it. Thought, I thought he tipped it. But in either case, that was ridiculous. But yes, he is... He, once he gets some going... I'll feel better about it. But but honestly, um, I know we're getting close to our time here, boys. So I just want to ask one last thing. And, and this is kind of a lead up to going to the future here. Historically speaking, the West Coast games. The West Coast games are never fun. They are hard. They often come back with, with somewhat of a, of a losing record there. And now bear in mind, this is going into a West Coast series. Uh, and as good as last game was, uh, we have a one in five record. With that last game and with the power behind it and the statement they made, do the Canadians come back from the West Coast with a winning record? Yes. Yes. Wait, with a winning record of the four games? or Of the four games. Of the four games. Yeah, yeah. Of the four games. Because it would be impossible. Anyway. And yeah, so, that, exactly. Yeah. Historically, if you look back in the last 10 years, the West Coast has been very strong, right? I mean, obviously, you, Anaheim was a very strong team for a while. San Jose was a very strong team for a while. Um, you know, you, you had L.A. was a very strong team for a while. So the West Coast was always a disaster. I don't think that comes to effect here. You're going to face Seattle coming off all that momentum. You're facing a terrible Seattle team. I'm sorry. I, I don't think Seattle is a good team whatsoever. Um, I'm going to. Um, so I, I'm going to pencil that in for a win. I think that they're going to they're going to beat Seattle. Then you move on. I believe it is Anaheim, right? On uh, on Thursday night. I or believe so. Yes. If you give me a second, oh, no, it's San Jose. Uh, I'm sorry, it's it, San Jose. It's it's we got Anaheim, Seattle, San Jose, and uh, LA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, so it's going to be Seattle on Tuesday, and then it's going to be 
San Jose on Thursday night, I believe. San Jose, yeah. that's that's also technically, I mean, although San Jose has been impressing, Eric Carlson seems to be somehow rejuvenated. Oh, he, he did say that he's, he still thinks he's one of the best, if not yeah, the best okay, in the league. I, I'll hold my well, breath for uh, what he I don't do know about that. but I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say this. I think they're going to split it. It's going to be two and two record coming back. I don't like your attitude, Vito. You know what? <laughs> I have to. Bets here. I don't like it. Hey, I'm the one who came out saying Brendan Gallagher is going to score you, you 30 go goals. Bold with Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I uh, it's, bef- it's going to be tough. Before we wrap this up, I do have one question. It's going to be a quick one. It's for next game and next game only, not for the entire West Coast trip. Who's your player of the game for next game? Player of the game? Yeah. For the Habs Seattle? or the game? No, for the Habs. For the Habs. The player, the player of the, the, the game. The player or the players of the game for Seattle is going to be that arena because I don't know if you saw when when uh, Vince Dunn scored the goal the other night, that, that, that arena just blew up. Yeah. Seattle yeah. has started. Has started yeah. So who's no. your – each of you, who's your man. player of the game? Oh, man. Okay. Um, I don't know. The, the, first, the first thing that came to mind was Nick Suzuki. I think that he, he'll, he'll have to show something. I think he has a lot to prove. I mean, it's too easy, though. So I don't know if I want to go with Nick Suzuki. Just yeah, speaking, well, speaking of easy, I, I was going to take Drew eh, and just ride the hot street <laughs> and say this guy's been this guy's been torching it. So I don't see why the game in 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 uh, Seattle would would stop it. Uh, but if you want me to go off the board, you can then do whatever off, you want. Well, I'll go off the board. Okay, Drew is my pick, but but my my off the board pick is uh, is Happy Yoel Armia. I think he wow. I think he gets two. I think he gets right. two because he never gets one. I think he gets two. Beauty. I'll go Hoffman, man. You you woke a beast with his goal uh, goal on uh, on Saturday night, and I think that he, uh, he has potential to. I, I like that acquisition a lot. I think that he's a goal scorer. Give me uh, give me Mike Hoffman. You know, Mike Hoffman. Okay. I was initially going to go with Petrie, but for whatever reason, my gut is saying to go with Caulfield. I think he breaks out. All right. All right. I hope so. Well, great. Okay, boys. Well, uh, I actually, think... I mean, Vito, for, for your sake, I hope Brendan Gallagher breaks up. <laughs> yeah, well. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, to be to be seen. I can't wait to see how that uh, culminates at the end of the season. Uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll check that out when that happens. Gentlemen, inaugural episode in the books. A lot of fun. Thanks for being here. Uh, myself included for that matter <laughs> with the kids driving me crazy at home uh, this was a bit of a challenge but I'm happy we did it um, next episode we hope that uh, that everybody listening will come check us out again um, please check our schedule it'll be on our social media um, you'll be able to see when the next one's going to be uh, be out there maybe live I don't know possibly we're going to be discussing maybe that time we'll promote it ahead of time so everybody knows if it's live you can come be there with us uh, as we're uh, as we're doing our our thing and i um, uh, just want to yeah. mention you can you can follow us and listen to us on um spotify anchor google podcast um apple podcast follow us on twitter follow our facebook page and follow us on instagram at get pucked that's it thanks very much thanks everybody see you in the next one guys <laughs>